Welcome to another great episode of Retrovaniacs, the only retro gaming podcast that this week is talking about the game we are talking about on this podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Parmentier, as always, and I'm also with Mr. Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Mr. Jeremy Gregory. Hey, hey. Uh, this week, we're going to celebrate the start of the NFL season our own special way with uh, Mutant League football for the Sega Genesis. But before we get into that game... I'm going to ask the same thing I ask every week, which is, what have you guys been playing? Billy, what have you been playing? I have been uh, exclusively, aside from the game we are reviewing on this occasion, I uh, have been dedicating most of my time, my well, one to two hours per night, to uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, about 10% in, many hours in. Thoroughly enjoyable thus far. I just... Uh, slapped a suit onto my companion dog that has a retractable knife on it. So my dog can now run around and knife folks. But uh, uh, what I'm playing is not important. I think the, the burning question for everyone, what is Jeremy Gregory playing? What could he possibly be playing right now? <laughs> Do you want to take any guesses on this? I'm going to say he's probably picked up a brand new game, and he's really into... Um, actually, I'm going to say he went back and played Rayman 2. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just, fuck you guys, really. Because this, I mean, I, yes, I've been playing The Witcher 3. That's, that's what I've been playing. Um, but I actually, I, I made myself stop. And I moved over to Metal Gear Solid 5. And I loaded it up. And uh, I got through the, the, I think, the first five minutes of the prologue. And I got a pop-up window that said... Uh, I could not connect to the server. Pressed X to get rid of it, and it desynced all of the audio that everyone was saying by like five seconds. And it just completely ruined it for me. And then the game crashed like like a minute later. So I put that away, and I was going to actually uh, try to play something else, just trying to stay away from The Witcher 3, and I loaded up Final Fantasy XIV. Now, this is a game me and, me and Jeremy P. played together for quite a while, and um, it's it's got a card game in it now, <laughs> and and it's the gold saucer. You know, from Final Fantasy VII, they put the gold saucer in Final Fantasy XIV, and it's just this big casino where you can gamble away your money. And it's also got the card game from Final Fantasy VIII, Triple Triad. Now, I never played that too much back in the day. Jeremy P said he actually did. That's all but, I liked in Final Fantasy VIII was Triple Triad. Everything else in that game is terrible. Yeah, and that's what, what that's exactly what Final Fantasy XIV is now becoming for me, because not only can you uh, play Triple Triad in the Gold Gold Saucer, but there are now uh, NPCs in every village and, and around the entire world that you can just walk up to and play Triple Triad, which, if you listen to the previous podcast, might sound very familiar to the problem that I have with The Witcher Three. So now I have dedicated about most of my week to playing Triple Triad with Final Fantasy NPCs. And I hate my life. I really, I just, I can't deal with my life anymore right now. So if I even make it to the next podcast, I'm going to hope <laughs> that I, I played a different game that does not have a card game in it. Well, unfortunately, after everything you said last week about The Witcher 3 and, and the card game and, 
and me getting into all the other games that are like that, I did decide that I was going to spend more time in Final Fantasy IX, uh, which, again, is the first time I'm playing through it. Uh, but that's another one that has a card game. I don't remember the name of the card game. And it, it's not a very good card game. There's a lot of randomness to it that I don't enjoy. But for whatever reason, the fact that you can collect, you know, 200 cards or whatever, 200 different cards means that I'll, I, I just go through towns and see who will challenge me to play card games. And I end up wasting hours of time just playing a card game that has no redeeming features. It's not a fun game. You don't get anything if you get all the cards. It's not even like you get a cool title or a cutscene. You get nothing, not an in-game item. You just get the knowledge that you've spent hundreds of hours playing a fake card game that has no redeeming qualities. Uh, Yet I love it. I spent hours today playing it again. Uh, just to see if I could get new cards, and it's a it's a problem. I can totally see it. We may have to start a support group. We may. You I mean, you, you may like. You should probably play Final Fantasy fourteen now. I think you should get back into that. We could we could play Triple Triad. Me and you, we could play Triple Triad. You know, together. I think by next episode, this may be the last episode of uh, Retrovaniacs because we may have a new hobby and a new podcast only about Triple Triad. <laughs> and can I go ahead and uh, I'm going to go ahead and put the call out. Anybody, I need two. New co-host. <laughs> <laughs> All that's required is you don't play online card games in any way, shape, or form. You probably need to start very soon. Please. <laughs> I think the, the thing that's even more sad is that me and Jeremy P. aren't actually playing against real people. No. I, we're, we're just playing against NPCs and you know AI. And, and this is like so so awesome to us and uh, we have something wrong with us i mean at least in, in final fantasy 14 if you lose a card game you've lost the card game and that's it i get to reload and just try again so that i can have a perfect record how sad is that's that true. that's <laughs> we, we like i said we've got a problem well thankfully the game we're going to talk about this week does not have a card game in it at all uh, a much simpler game a much simpler time mutant league football for the sega genesis familiar with this one and, and going into it uh, this is one of those where I was really going to have to put all the nostalgia uh, to the side because I have a lot of very fond memories of this. I had a cousin I uh, played video games with uh, at least every weekend growing up and we had NBA Jam Mutant League Football Mortal Kombat 2 was heavy in our rotation those were the three games we rotated through I've put countless hours into this growing up uh, remember it being just an excellent game and i was i was a little worried going back uh but fortunately as we'll see as it it pans out still holds up pretty well well i think it does hold up well uh, before we get into the specifics but because it's not just the gimmick is is certainly that it's kind of a uh, football that's made with monsters but it's built around a solid football engine in that it's built around the madden 93 engine so it's 
it's at least got a strong game underneath all the goofiness that makes it a game you want to play, but not a game that after you get into it, you're kind of you lose interest because there's no real mechanic and it's just kind of chaos. This actually has a strong football engine underneath the game that they've you know tried to hide very well <laughs> with all the randomness that goes on in the game. But at least it's built around a strong unit. And this just really made me realize how much I miss playing those those early 16-bit Madden games from back then. Like, it, it, I mean, this really is just a reskinned Madden with a few things thrown in. But man, I, I used to really love playing like Madden 93, 94 on the Genesis, and and this really brought me back. You know, and it, it's not just that. I, I, it, it led me to thinking that just uh, the Genesis in general. Uh, and I give it a hard time. It, it certainly, I lean more towards the Super Nintendo. But one thing the Genesis uh, uh, could do better uh, was, was sports games. Uh, I remember this one, those early Madden games, NHL 94. Uh, for someone who I never had any interest in sports, and I, I still don't to this day, uh, and I don't play any of the current sports titles, but uh, for a period of time there on the Genesis, I dedicated most of my time to uh, their library of sports games. Well, yeah, the Genesis had very solid sports games, and I, I wasn't a big fan of any of the traditional sports games. I hadn't really played much of the Maddens uh, or the NHL Lives or, or any of those, or any, I guess it was NBA Live and NHL something. But I didn't play any of those. Uh, I don't know exactly why. I think, you know, because I've tried to play the most recent Madden, uh, I guess not this year's because it just came out, but last year's Madden I bought, thinking, you know, I'm super into football now. I really want to try to get into this. And I just didn't enjoy it. I, not that I didn't understand it. I just, I think I overthink sports games in the game piece of it. Like, I get the concept. You know, I know the rules to football. I know the rules to, to most sports. And then when you try to put it into a video game, you know, it just follows those rules. But I was trying to find, like, oh, I bet these buttons do all these different things, and I'm going to find a way to... to break the system but it's not it's not really about that it's about stats and it's about randomness with those stats so that you know you if you're going to catch the pass or not there's a lot of other factors it's not just you know that your guy's in the right spot or that you hit the right button or that you you know knocked a guy over or anything like that i'm not i don't know what it is but this thankfully you know you can be as destructive as you want to be you can knock people over it's not as as uh arcadey as like a nfl blitz but it's it's still a lot more arcadey than the um, a Madden would have been. Oh yeah, but uh, like you're saying, at its at its core, it's a a very competent uh, football game that I think any any you know football fan who isn't a stickler for realism could get into, and obviously a non fan. Uh, yeah, I mean you've uh, you got skeletons, uh, some kind of lizard, alien creature. Uh, you got your your trolls, uh, robots. Uh, just completely ridiculous, and uh, you, you're playing everywhere from up in space to uh, these fire pits. There's landmines out there, uh, uh, all kinds, uh, just all kinds of gimmicks out there to uh, to pull you in, and not to mention just uh, completely over the top violence as far as being able to completely dismember uh, members of the other team with with just a precise hit. And I was never a big football fan. Uh, you know, I like football, but uh, it, it's this was probably what I would have really wanted in a football game as a kid. And unfortunately, I never played this. And I saw it saw it at the video store a lot. Uh, but I think the only mutant league game I ever played was was the uh, mutant league hockey, mm-hmm. which was all right. But it didn't. You know, I I don't even know why I rented it. I wasn't into into hockey at all. But playing this, uh, this is. This is football that I could really get into as, as far as uh, something you can play. 
uh, I'm I'm kind of like Jeremy P with the newer football games. I you know I understand them. I know how to play them, but they're they're never very fun to me. And I think that's what one of the things that these older 16-bit sports games in ger- general do so well is is just being they're just fun. They're fun to play. You don't have to think too much about them. And they, they're just extremely fun to play. They're, they're, no, they're more pretty- game and less simulation, which I think the, the current yeah. games are a lot more realistic in, in a lot of ways. The fact you can play with your roster and do drafts and all other stuff is, is great. But when it actually gets to the game itself, it's just pretty straightforward, you know, football rules. So like we were saying, this is basically underneath it, it's it's a, an early Madden football game. So I'm not going to explain the rules to football uh, because that's going to take a lot more time. And the basics are, are, you know, you have an offense that uh, you have a quarterback that is the person that throws the ball or hands the ball to someone else to run. And then uh, if you're not on the offensive side of the ball, you're on the defensive side of the ball where you just pick a guy you want to be and then you can switch back and forth between guys to, to get the person on the other team that has the ball and the objective for the uh, quarterback is to get the ball into the other team's um, end zone. Uh, it's it's a, the very, an extreme simplification of the rules, but you don't need to know every rule to football, especially because this game doesn't really have any penalties necessarily. Um, I mean, it has some, but it's uh, it's also kind of a gimmick since you can pay a ref as one of the skills <laughs> or one of the, the uh, plays you can call. Um, so if you're on the offensive side of the ball, you have a set of plays that you pick from so that your team is organized in a specific fashion, uh, and then we'll, we'll decide the ways that your receivers will run. I mean, that's a pretty basic breakdown of the game, I think. But uh, what makes this more interesting than a regular Madden, since you're not going to get the actual teams or actual players, is, yeah, each team is a, either a group of skeletons or a group of lizard men or a group of, of zombies or whatever the team is. There are 16 different teams that are, they all look slightly different. Uh, when you're playing them, they all seem to be basically the same. When the computer plays them, there's a different, I guess, hardness, difficulty level for each team. Um, and instead of playing on a regular football field, like Billy said earlier, you have a, you know, like a, a moon. You're playing on the, the surface of the moon or you're playing on, a, on an ice level where parts of the level will just break through because the ice is too thin. Uh, so there's um, almost like area fatalities you have to worry about while you're playing the game, which makes it interesting. I think one of the things I was actually, uh, you know, most impressed with was just the the variety in the teams, and that's uh, that's something you definitely didn't get with those, uh, you know, those sixteen bit football games. I mean, you did have named players and stuff like that on some of them, but this one, I mean, you, each each uh, team has their own unique coach, and he's always just you know yelling at you between plays. Uh, got their own unique sound effects, and every one of them has their own unique names, and uh, they're they're the things that they say after they score a touchdown. It really makes it you know feel like they're they're all just unique teams. I thought that was pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, it would have been simple for them to just uh, you know just toss out a bunch of generic names or just really not have uh, names at all and just make each team just a just a, a team of clones. But it seems they put a lot of work into kind of giving each team their own personality. And like Jeremy P said, you you see that more 
when the computer is playing as them. And initially on the selection screen, you know, there are, uh, there are uh, ratings for the, the, uh, the skill level of the team, I guess, starting with uh, your all-star teams, which we always banned from competitive play uh, when we played, <laughs> which is, it's, it's the best of the best from every team, all the way down to the, the, the poor lowly uh, 60 whiners who have <laughs> zero as far as their toughness goes. But that's the team you always want to play against. That's the team you want to play against, yes. And that's the team that uh, uh, if you really want to challenge yourself, you will, you will try to take on and, and mold them into something greater. Oh, there's also a, uh, like a violence setting level. You can have it from you know, barely violent, where it's still more violent than a Madden game, where you could still you know, crush an opponent, uh, literally killing that player so you won't see them again, uh, to I think the maximum level is like Annihilation level, where literally you can explode other players by diving into them. Um, I think it, when you play Annihilation level, the, um, the uh, fatality areas on the, on the field are worse, or there's more of them. I'm not necessarily sure, because I... I can't really tell. It, it's not like it spells it out for you. But uh, it definitely makes the game more interesting and, uh, yeah, it's a lot more chaotic as people are just exploding left and right all over the field. But, but I, I'd really I'd like to meet the kid that set that level down all the way to the bottom. Uh, who <laughs> did that? You jammed it all the way up. And, and also you can turn off your reserves because if your reserves are off and a player dies on your team, uh, you're down a guy. And uh, you can really pretty much get down to nothing there and uh, i never did that usually because literally if if the violence was all the way up and the reserves were off you were going to have maybe two guys out on the field eventually I also found it to be very chaotic in a lot of parts. I mean, I know you, you know, the goal of, of how to get somebody to die, but I couldn't do it consistently. It seemed like it was very random on whether or not someone would actually, you know, break apart as I hit them or not. You know? Yeah, and and I always, uh, of course, as uh, you know, as a kid, you speculate, uh, you assume you know the the mechanics behind it. I always assumed if you if you targeted a guy and kind of you know, worked him over, uh, that eventually. Uh, you know, he would uh, explode, uh, for lack of a better word. That's pretty much what happens to them. They don't get something torn off of them, per se. They just explode in a pile of bones or, or guts or uh, gears or whatnot. Uh, but I was looking back, it's probably, from what I can tell, just complete luck. Did, he do, did, uh, did either of you kill the ref? I did not kill the ref, but I know you can kill the ref. Uh, because one of the plays you can call is to bribe the ref, which means they will call penalties on the other team fairly often until the other team decides to kill the ref. My favorite thing was just to kill the ref. Uh, that's basically what I did every time I played the game. <laughs> not a winning strategy. It's not. I mean, there, you always get the guy that comes on there after, and, and he will usually call more penalties on you for that, even though you just got one penalty wiped. Uh, but, I don't know, it was it was always kind of fun. Was there any more, like... Like kind of like special moves in the game that, uh, you know, that really made use of the monsters being monsters, or was that, or is it just kind of limited to violence or whatever? Well, you know, uh, you had you had to kill the ref 
uh, of course. And I think there was uh, there was one where you could rush the uh, quarterback with the with with deadly intent, also, uh, which seemed to be successful uh, nine times out of ten. And besides that, I can't think of anything that really uh, took advantage of, of that gimmick. I know on defense, uh, you had a few other kind of special uh, moves, like you could block the the pass screen, uh, so the quarterback was would have to throw blind. Uh, it would it would you know that you initially when you go to pass, you have three little windows that pop up, uh, and one with A B C underneath, and it correlates to the buttons. Uh, if you see the guy. And the A window is is wide open. Uh, you want to hit A to pass to him. But no, there there's a special move that will block that out, uh, where you you can't see. Other than that, I can't recall offhand uh, a lot of special moves along the lines of the the, the kill the ref. I saw one where the uh, the defense went completely invisible uh, when I snapped the ball, and then also when I saw the uh, the AI do when they were on offense. The, the running back basically just vaulted over the my entire team for about fifth like a fifteen yard gain, so those are basically the only the only two things I really saw in the game that that made them you know look like they were aliens or monsters or something like that i didn't notice a whole lot that would have been uh, differences based on what the characters were. I still thought that it was basically flavor. Uh, it allowed it to make more sense for them to explode each other as opposed to being you know, regular football playing human beings that would rip each other in half. Uh, so you can have as much violence as you want without anyone being concerned uh, as far as ratings go. Um, I did notice that there are some, some inaccuracies with following the actual rules of the game, uh, not just with penalties that aren't called, because pretty much unless you, like you can get an offsides penalty called against you, uh, but that's pretty much it. Uh, I guess delay of game, uh, unless again, unless you bribe the ref, then all these other things are called on you. But I did notice that, for example, on a kickoff, if you get the kickoff, and unlike in the NFL where if you don't touch the kickoff at all uh, and the other team you know, touches the ball, that's where you get the ball. Instead, in this game, no matter what happens, if the other team touches the ball, it's their ball, and they get to run with it <laughs> and score a touchdown on you. Huh. So it's, I found that out by accident, but that's one of those things where I was like, oh, I wonder what other rules aren't being followed that are going to kill me in this game. Uh, but thankfully, <laughs> I was playing against the... Uh, the uh, the 40 winers or whatever and and i was able to come back from that touchdown pretty quickly i guess one of the one of the things that that kind of sucks for me is that there's no season mode at all uh or if there was i didn't notice it you know you just go in and you basically got single game you can play a playoff series and i think that was about it you know i I don't remember what madden 93 actually had in it but it, it seems pretty bare bones for a football game as far as you know what you can really do on your own yeah, I, I know there is the playoff mode, but I mean, that, that puts you right into, you know, it's just a handful of games. Uh, yeah, a full season mode would have uh, would have been nice. Um, it didn't make it in there. I think this really seems like a game that kind of stressed uh, cooperative play or versus play, uh, rather, uh, with friends more than, you know, the, but yeah, the single player, it's a lot of fun to play, but yeah, very bare bones. Yeah, this is definitely a game that would be more fun to play with somebody else or against somebody else. Um, but I think it's how most sports games end up being anyway. I mean, you know, we mentioned Blitz, and uh, you know, I didn't play Mutant League Hockey, but I did play you know, like Blades of Steel and stuff. All those games were way better with another person as your opponent as opposed to the computer, but they were still totally fun by yourself. Did you guys uh, have any go-to plays that was like uh, your, your main play whenever, like third down or whatever? 
my strategy, mine also wasn't uh, the soundest, but I always picked the, I can't remember the, the name of the play, but it was the, the long pass, like the absolute There's longest the, pass. The and hell I was scary. Just, and I would, uh, I would pick that three times, and if it didn't work, I would usually punt the ball. That was my, uh, that's my secret. People are, are free to use it if you want. That was my secret to success. I was never able to get a running play to get me more than two to three yards. And, and again, in an actual game of football, you know, getting three yards a run is okay. But I was never to get like a good breakout run play. Almost everything I did was uh, some kind of screen or, or just some kind of dump pass where I could run off to the side and, and you know, run to the sideline, get about five to ten yards on a, on a pass play and, and go from there. So I, I had a couple big pass plays, but generally I found it much easier to just dump the ball, get five yards, and do that over and over again. I could never get the passing quite down in this one. Like, you know, I, I know how to snap, snap the ball and, and find a receiver. But after it's thrown, the act of actually catching the ball, it, I don't know if it was just because the way the game, it, it kind of moves a little choppy when there's a lot of stuff going on. And especially when you throw into a crowd or whatever, it, it just seems like it wasn't, sometimes it, it would catch it, other times it wouldn't, even if I was doing the same thing as I was before. So I don't know if I was missing something there, but I don't remember ever having that much problem playing the old Madden games with that. And I and I think that is something that uh, worth addressing. It's it's I think it is a, an issue I noticed also. If you try to, uh, especially with running plays, you might notice, like uh, Jeremy said, there's a little choppiness to it when you have, uh, you know, both teams almost in their entirety on the screen at once. But it seems with most passing plays, there is going to be. Uh, one guy that's just a, a, and I don't know if this is how it works out or if just my experience, there just seems like there's one guy that's always going to be a bit, you know, a bit more wide open than the rest. And if you don't throw it to him, more than likely you won't connect. It always seems like with the passing plays, there's one correct choice. Yeah, I kind of noticed that as well. It, I, you know, I could definitely usually find that, that open guy, but, but even after I threw the ball and you could see the X on the ground, even if I was standing there wide open, I would sometimes, you know, it just wouldn't even connect. And I don't know, that might just be random or depending on the person you're throwing it to. I don't know how deep this game got. But for the way it looks and plays, it seems like I should have caught that game or caught that ball every single time. I think a lot of it is randomness. I think a lot of those older games had, and I didn't see any stats here, and there could have well been stats like in the manual or something that said, like, this team is good at catching and this team is good at running or whatever the deal was. But uh, but I think a lot of it was random because, again, I think I was overthinking a lot of these games where I was looking for a reason I didn't catch a ball as opposed to just saying, well, it's random. Sometimes you'll catch it because sometimes, you know, or sometimes you don't catch it because sometimes you're, you just, you know, hit your hands wrong or whatever it is in actual football. And I think that's supposed to kind of simulate that to some level. So in general... I think this is a pretty solid game, uh, a solid football mechanic game. I like all the extra flair that makes this more interesting. I like that all the teams are monsters. I like that you can basically just bash into everybody without worrying about penalties. There's no holding calls. There's no pass interference calls. It's just kind of dumbed down in that aspect, but just kind of bare-knuckle football uh, where things happen to explode and you have pits of fire all over the field. Uh, I find that much more enjoyable than sitting down to play a, a regular game of Madden or any other sports game. If I could play a game like this that has that more arcade feel i think this uh this still holds up pretty well especially because you don't need to worry about rosters since none of these people are real or people and maybe this is the way real football should be maybe they should look into it 
But yeah, it's an excellent game. Uh, like I said earlier, whether you're a football fan, non-football fan, uh, I think you can come together and enjoy this one. Uh, I can't recommend this one enough. Uh, the hockey game, though, I only rented a few occasions. Didn't really care for it. Uh, there was also a basketball game that was in the works, but for whatever reason, uh, did not come to be. Maybe fortunately, because I thought the hockey game was a, a big step down. For me personally, I, I really like this game. Even though it's it's kind of in a weird place, it's it's not quite what I'd call you know an arcade football game like NFL Blitz, and it's it's not quite a sim like Madden was. It's it's kind of in the middle, and uh, you know I can definitely understand why there's such a, a huge cult following for it. And I I totally recommend it to anyone that that wants just a fun football game to play. You know that's that's not looking for all you know the sim badness that that some of those early football games got into. But, but yeah, mutant, this this game's really fun. Uh, speaking of a cult following, Billy had sent us a link uh, that showed that there's, a, I guess, a, uh, a Kickstarter for this that already started, or is this a, an actual approved project that's coming out for a rebirth of the Mutant League football series? You know, I couldn't find a lot of, of solid details. All I know is uh, it's a trailer for an upcoming demo. Uh, I don't know if it's a, a cr- going to be a crowdfunded thing, if it's a thing set in stone, or if it's a thing they're putting out there to kind of shop around uh, to see if anyone is interested. But it's like I said before, I I am very shocked that this game uh, never uh, got ported over to a, or got an actual sequel uh, on a later later generation console. Uh, They had their Genesis entry and that was it. Sega never put it on another console. Uh, PlayStation never picked it up. It's that kind of cartoonish, you know, violence that Nintendo will put in the game every now and then. Uh, it's a franchise that just kind of just fizzled out, which I think is a real shame, and I am hoping the best for this uh, this attempted revival. It is kind of weird since NFL Blitz got so big at you know at some point after this, and you, it seems like EA could have easily just pulled this out and and done something with it, like on PlayStation or whatever. But yeah, it just kind of it after after hockey, it just kind of died. Well, I think especially if you're going to talk about Blitz, I think you hit both markets with Blitz. You're, you're not just getting a... Like, this is definitely targeting a gaming audience. People who are looking to play as skeletons and lizards and whatever. If you want to play an actual arcade football game and then get to also play as your favorite players, Blitz hit all those buttons. Where this is... You, know, you mentioned earlier, Jeremy, it's kind of in a weird area where it's not really a simulation, but it's not really an arcade game. I think it's a much narrower market you're aiming at than a Blitz would be. So... After Blitz, is there need necessarily a need to have redone this? Unless you're going to go in that more arcadey feel, I don't necessarily know. In a world where EA put out WCW Backstage Brawl, oh. I think there was room for, for another <laughs> Mutant League football. <laughs> well, we'll find out if this actually gets made, if the world is ready for one in 2016. Well, this week we do not have a listener question, or at least if we did, I didn't see it. So I'm assuming we don't have one. Um, but I did want to mention uh, this past week was not only the 20th anniversary of the original PlayStation, which uh, is, is a system I'm sure we all played plenty, uh, but it's the 16th anniversary of the birth of the Dreamcast, which is, in my opinion, one of the best systems ever made. I'd like to just take a moment to remember how amazing that system was and wonder why it didn't do better, aside from Sega's inability to market anything. 
Uh, well, well, for me, what, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. I was, for me, I actually imported the Dreamcast from Japan when it first came out. Uh, I had like this little import store that, that wasn't too far and uh, grabbed me an import Dreamcast. I, I believe it was around 300 bucks with uh, Virtual Fighter 3. And that was it. I, I got that, the controller, and, and a VMU with it. And I was completely blown away with it. I fell in love with the system. And ended up getting the the U.S. Dreamcast as well back in the day, and it's had just had a huge collection of, of Dreamcast games, and it always broke my heart that this this console didn't even seem like it it got like a second chance. Like it seemed like it got out of the gate, it did great, it sold really well when it was released, and then the second Sega started going downhill, they killed it, and it was gone. And I don't know if you want to blame the PlayStation Two for that or or. You know, if there were sales numbers behind that that were showing that people just weren't buying it, but this seemed like it was too good of a system to die as soon as it did. Yeah, and I and I can only speak for my uh, region that I'm living in. I don't know if this was the case in others and if this contributed to anything, but I uh, I picked up the console uh, on launch. I got the uh, the bundle with the, with the House of the Dead two, and for the longest time. That's the only game I had for it, not out of uh, lack of funds or lack of desire, but just there was never anything out in the store. And and maybe, you know, about a year into owning uh, the Dreamcast, I had House of the Dead 2. I had a Power Stone, which I, I can't say enough good things about. I had a WWF Royal Rumble and maybe just uh, one or two other games. In fact, my uh, Dreamcast library... Uh, Really, and there's an article up on a Retrovania, uh, didn't get bolstered up until some uh, flea market shenanigans uh, several years after the, the console was, was, you know, out and about. But, yeah, as far as retail stores, there was never more than maybe 10 or so games out there at a time here, at least in the, uh, the North Carolina area. I was still working at... Uh Electronics Boutique. I guess I can use their name since I'm not working there anymore. And what are they going to do? It was 15 years ago, 16 years ago. Um, that was actually the very end of me working there. Was The Dreamcast launch was in um, September of 1999 in the U.S. So we had been pushing it all summer long. I loved it. We got a demo unit in. It came with Sonic and a demo for Soul Calibur, which sold me immediately. Soul Calibur was amazing looking. So I had to have this system. So we pushed it, and we sold a lot of them. We had we had one of those like ridiculous midnight launches where we sold all our systems that were all pre-sold and everything else annoying. But what annoyed me about the entire you know Dreamcast launch is literally the next morning, like the morning of the tenth, we came in. The entire display of everything was supposed to be pushed over to a PlayStation Two pre-sale, and we were supposed to tell anyone who was buying anything for the Dreamcast, "Hey, this is great! You should pre-buy the PlayStation Two. It's even better than this Dreamcast." So I know that other stores may not have pushed it as hard. Maybe just my manager at the time was a huge PlayStation guy, but it seemed like, you know, after getting the, the systems out the door, it was how fast can we get all these people to trade their systems in to get a PlayStation Two, and you know, part of it. Part of it was that, but I also think, you know, the Saturn was such a massive failure uh, in the U.S. at least that everyone already assumed when the Dreamcast came out this was going to be another failed system. So it had that, you know, the the retailers, even if it was just a, a fear of the lack of sales that the Saturn had, really were pushing the PlayStation 2, unfortunately, because, you know, like Billy said, 
Power Stone, one of the best games of all time. Uh, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many months and months and months where I would just have friends come over and we would just play Power Stone for hours. One of the best multiplayer games of all time. I yeah, I, there was there was such a, a great library on that on that system, and it's like I said, it's so weird to see a, a system with that many quality games just completely disappear as fast as it did. I guess yeah, the you know the PlayStation Two essentially killed the Dreamcast before the PlayStation Two even launched. There was just so many people that w- that thought that the PlayStation Two was going to be this this amazing thing and was going to blow the Dreamcast out of the water. And while the PlayStation 2 did end up being one of the greatest systems ever made, I think there was more than, <clears throat> more than enough room for, for the Dreamcast in there as well. Uh, it would have been really cool to see those two systems go, go at it. Well, and, and I think, yeah, the market, there is certainly a market for both systems because I think the Dreamcast kind of uh, did its own thing. And there were games, and, and I think the, the kind of games you could only experience on the Dreamcast, uh, uh, more you know, arcade type uh, things I just I uh, am still sad to this day that the Dreamcast did not do uh, better than it did, and it fizzled out so quickly uh, because I, I have nothing but praise for the system. Perhaps my only complaint is that through playing it uh, and playing Crazy Taxi, I listened to way more Offspring than I ever <laughs> wanted to. And any Offspring is too much, but I did the same thing. I hate that band, but yet for some reason that game makes it work perfectly. It does. I mean, does does any of us think that you know having all of those those arcade games kind of kind of put people off to the system? Because most of those games, especially from Sega, really didn't have anything beyond just five ten minutes of gameplay that you're supposed to do over and over again, like in Crazy Taxi and and even their original stuff, like uh, uh, what was that music game with uh, La La in it? Space Channel Space. Five. Yeah, I mean that game literally only lasts maybe 40 minutes if you go straight through it but uh, it didn't really seem that there were too many really beefy kind of games that you could really sink your teeth into on the dreamcast not early it it took i mean the sonic adventure game was pretty long but other than that most of their launch titles were arcade games i think there was a i don't know if it was daytona or if it was some other racing game uh but then yeah you know crazy taxi and uh the fighting game um that I already mentioned, Soul Calibur, uh, Virtual Fighter, all those games that came out at first were very arcadey. I mean, it was it was played for ten minutes and put it down, played for fifteen minutes and put it down. There wasn't a big long action adventure game for a while, so I, I mean I can see that, but I really think it was ju- just a mix of of Sega's previous failures, you know, kind of causing the industry and and a lot of people to just assume failure out of the gate, which is a real shame because it had a lot of not just a lot of good games, but a lot of um, exclusive good games a lot of games that were only on the dreamcast that people may never have given a chance does anyone remember when uh sega was bundling the dvd player with the dreamcast when the playstation 2 came out because everyone was buying a playstation 2 because it had a dvd player in it like i I seem to remember that they had this they, they were just trying to give away the dreamcast at some point making people buy it and try it and they stuck in a, a cheap DVD player in it so people could have their, their damn DVD player with it. Are you t- like a standalone DVD player? Yeah, it was like the, it was it kind of reminded me of uh, when the Xbox One did their uh, their big deal a couple of weeks ago when they, they were selling an Xbox One with a 32 inch TV for 500 bucks. And like that was, it was a pretty huge bundle for an Xbox One getting a fucking TV with it. 
but yeah, the, the Dreamcast would actually bundle a DVD in there. I don't think they did it for very long, but it seemed like back when the PlayStation 2 launched, I, I seem to definitely remember they would put a, a cheap standalone DVD player in there with it. It was a big selling point. I mean, at least for, for what they gave us to, to push to people was, yeah, it does more than just play games. It's a DVD player. It has this, you know, these, um, it had the audio outs, like the, the optical audio outs, I guess, whatever the big deal was that now it seems totally obsolete. But but the Dreamcast didn't have any of that. What the Dreamcast did have, though, was it was the first system that came bundled with actual online connectivity that did something. The Sega Net, while it was clunky compared to what we would be used to now, was essentially the same idea as what Xbox Live and the PlayStation Network and uh, I guess whatever Nintendo's gaming network is. But, you know, in 1999, and at that time, no one could support it. There was nothing that used it well. The game matchup uh, ability was terrible. Uh, it wasn't until, what, Fantasy Star Online that they actually had something that really could use that network well, and it actually yeah. worked. But, um, you know, just a system ahead of its time. Kind of a shame to see it go. So I like to bring it up whenever I can because it is one of my favorite systems of all time, and not just for Shenmue. Uh, but instead of Sega... Now that I've spent the last 10 minutes talking about how great the Sega Dreamcast was, next week is a different kind of celebration. First off, it's our 10th episode, I believe, uh, which is surprising because I thought we'd get through one or two. Uh, But it's also going to be the launch of Mario Maker for the Wii U, which looks to be one of the coolest games for anyone who played the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo ever made. So next week in honor of that... We're going to kind of do an entire Mario episode. We're going to talk about our experiences we're having with Mario Maker, assuming we all get it, Uh, along with our favorite Mario games or Mario games that are a little off the radar that we may think people have forgotten about that still aren't completely out of the Mario universe. So uh, it should be an interesting episode, uh, probably longer than the average episode. And uh, until then, if you're looking for more gaming news, you can always find us on Retrovania.net. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter at Retrovaniacs. Uh, And again, we, you know... Lots of videos on YouTube that are all tied together through that same website. So please give us a check out. Uh, that's not even making any sense. So please check us out <laughs> and uh, send us some, some feedback, some questions. We're always interested in, uh, in answering questions. So uh, thank you, and we will see you next time.